Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the astrologer Bill Atride radio show. I'm Bill Atride, and this is the 10th show of this season. And I thought today we would take a look at the 2020 presidential race and look this time at the two leading women contenders uh, for the nomination, the Democratic nomination, uh, Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. And of course, perhaps uh, in future episodes, I'll look at maybe the top male contenders and, and keep doing this over the course of the next many months as we narrow down the field and, and then move into the primaries uh, early next year. Um, and as always, uh, I welcome your questions uh, during the show. I'll do my little thing on both Kamala and Elizabeth here and then open up the show and you could call in with questions about that or other candidates, perhaps, or about yourself. And if you are calling about yourself, I just ask that you uh, give me certainly no matter what your first name and then uh, birth date and birthplace and the time of birth, if you have that, if we're going to be talking about your chart. Um, and if you want to reach me, you can always contact me through my email. It's Bill Atride, B-I-L-L-A-T-T-R-I-D-E at gmail.com. It's basically my name, Bill Atride at gmail.com. And you could just uh, contact me to see about future shows and what you might like to hear in a show or, or get a reading yourself because that's what I do. And if you want to get a reading and you see how I do, I do it on the show here with guests, um, maybe you'd be interested in getting a fuller workup in your own chart and you could certainly do that. Um, so, so, and, and I, I'm assuming that uh, many of you are interested in, in this topic and I see many are calling in because of course the race is heating up and we have the second debate coming up now here, uh, next week or the end of next, or, uh, I guess the week from this coming Monday and Tuesday. Um, and so the, the field is tightening and, and the numbers are moving and we'll see what happens here. But in terms of the current picture, I thought I would just take a look at the two top leading women contenders, um, which is, again, Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren. And so let's take a look at their charts. And in, to doing, um, in doing anybody's chart, there are certain steps that an astrologer will take. It's not like it's a fixed thing. But generally what I like to do is I like to step back first and look at the chart overall and see if there, as there usually is, an overarching pattern that sort of defines the chart. And I'll do that for each person and then talk about major influences about uh, the, the energies of the chart, the planetary placements and things of that nature and do that for each of them, I think. And so one and then the other, Kamala first, then Elizabeth Warren. And then maybe go and then look at where they are in the world right now in terms of their planetary transit and progressions and see how that matches up with um, how they might be doing in this current period and in and to next year. So first, let's take a look at Kamala Harris. And, and the first thing is, as I said, we look at is uh, what is the pattern? And, and there are definite shapes of a chart where planets within this wheel of space around the Earth, uh, as it were, um, we locate the planets given that and, and it can form a pattern. And indeed, there's a distinctive pattern in Kamala's chart. It's called in astrology a seesaw pattern. Planets on one side, planets on another side, and nothing in between in terms of planets. And it shows a person who has a particular ability to see this side and that side of an issue, to see this uh, group or, and that group. And throughout their life, people like this are trying to bring 
ideas and people and groups together and try to reconcile and integrate. They're sort of the interlocutors and intermediaries of the zodiac. And actually, it's quite fitting for a Libra, which is also a sign known for that. And of course, that is indeed Kamala's sun sign. And then we take a look and see, well, how the energy is distributed. We're talking about the elements, the fire, earth, air, water, or whether the person's more cardinal, fixed, or mutable. And certainly Kamala's chart shows that she's a very fiery and earthy person. Um, and so there, she combines that idealism and drive of fire with a more practical orientation in terms of grounding that in something purposeful or meaningful. Then in terms of the modality, she's a very cardinal but fixed and fixed person. The cardinal comes from her sun and her moon being both in Libra and then in Aries, but then she has a lot of fixed planets, which sort of also provides fixity. And cardinal people see problems and they attack them. They go for it. And fixed people sort of bear up and try to maintain things. So she's got a little bit of both going on here for her. And then we'd like to see, is there any sort of special pattern that the person might be defined by? And there's a rather special pattern in Kamala's chart. It's called in astrology, the mystic rectangle. <laughs> and what we're talking about here is there are two groupings of planets, in this case for her, uh, her sun opposite the moon, and then Mars opposite Saturn. And each of those four points is linked. Those oppositions are linked by what we call sextiles and trines. And often oppositions lead to the struggle between one thing and another. And by having this pattern, it allows the person to find a way through, a bridging, if you will, between what seems to be irreconcilable things. In her case, the Sun in Libra would predispose a person to trying to do right in terms of relationships and partnerships and defer one's own needs and interests for that of others and be very other interested. And yet her moon in Aries says she also feels a strong need to assert herself and display leadership and courage and initiative. And that might run roughshod over other people. So it's the tug between doing what's right and doing what's more accommodating. And of course, the lesson in her life was to learn to hold herself in the middle, to be positively self-assertive without becoming too uh, abrasive or strong about it, but also considering the social cons uh, consequences of those actions. Likewise, her Mars in Leo says she wishes to act in the world in a way that, that displays confidence and mastery and earns great respect. But if you gear your performances too much to what brings you stroking and respect, you might become untrue to who you really are. But then the Saturn in Aquarius says, to thine own self be true and don't care what people think. And so that also pulls on her from another direction. And so here one could get stuck either being too, uh, too accommodating in terms of trying to earn people's respect or too sort of dismissive of people and, and doing your own thing. And the need, of course, is to strike the right balance here uh, of, of being someone who who values and honors individuality, but also realizes the importance of doing that within a context that is socially meaningful. Um, so this is one of the things that sort of drives underneath, uh, sort of drives her life, if you will. Well, then we turn to the principal indicators in anybody's chart. And for her, of course, it's the sun in Libra placed in her fifth house. And the Sun in Libra, people with the Sun in Libra are focused on relationships and partnerships and trying to be the mediators and having a strong sense of fair play and justice. Um, 
you know, was working towards alleviating injustices. And of course, she's a lawyer or is a, and a prosecutor and now a senator and getting involved in social causes and trying to make that social space more equitable and fair would be something that would drive her story without question. Um, and the sun in the fifth house, the natural house for the sun ruling the fifth sign, is often a sign of someone who carries some form of energy that was almost like displays leadership and certainly displays sort of a, a noblesse obedience or, or nobility of character that the person resonates with. We then look and see, well, how is that sun connected to the rest of the chart? Well, there's that full moon, born at a full moon. A person is born, as I like to say, with no excuses. They understand cause and effect and action reaction. But it also indicates a person who was brought into the world and looked at mother and looked at father and said, whoa, are these people different? And there the ball gets rolling for them trying to figure out how do I reconcile the differences within me and then between myself and other people, which drives her story throughout her life, trying to find a way to bring together people and to bring together the opposites and achieve some kind of synthesis. Um, then, of course, her son also is perfectly lined up with her Saturn in Aquarius, and a Sun-Saturn trine person has a very deep understanding about how the world works and a very strong sense of responsibility in the world uh, in, in terms of their life. And often their life really tends to shine once they hit their 50s and onward as they show their great adeptness and maturity and skill in working in structures and mastering them. And finally, her son is next to Mercury. It's a conjunction, and that makes her a very sharp person in terms of her intelligence and really trusting in that development of her mind, which fits quite well, again, with that moon being in Aries, since the moon in Aries rules the head. Aries and a moon in Aries person is sort of leaning into life and very enthusiastic and, you know, sometimes a little too enthusiastic uh, and can sometimes make errors in terms of their enthusiasm. And whenever becoming frustrated or having difficulties, a good thing for an Aries person is to get moving, just get very physical and expend, ex use up that energy in some kind of physical activity is a good way to, to work it out. That moon in her chart is in the house of social ideals and social consciousness and conscience. And so her communities that she belongs to and participates in are so meaningful to her and bring her nurturing and she tries to bring nurturing to them. Moreover, that moon in her chart is opposite that Mercury. That means she has struggled with trying to better fuse or integrate what she's feeling and what she's saying. And having worked on that, she probably has learned and has mastered that art of intellect and feeling and woven them together so her words and ideas can carry that much further. But at times she may still get stuck between what she's thinking and, and what she's feeling and trying to reconcile them. But very positively, that moon trines Mars, and that Mars in her chart is really important. We'll come back to that. It's her rising planet. It's the lead planet of her chart. Anybody with the moon trining Mars is someone who has the word, uh, doesn't know the word not or cannot. They are a can-do kind of person. They are fully energized. Once they feel strongly about something, they are on it completely, and nothing will dissuade them. Then she approaches the world like a Gemini, and Geminis are curious and restless and sometimes provocative and challenging. They see this side and they see that side, and they show their intelligence and adaptability in solving problems and not getting stuck. 
Um, and then her midheaven, which shows her destiny and her path in life, there she has the sign of Pisces. And so she feels that her life and her life work has something to do with a mission or greater purpose than that of herself. Um, again, that rising planet is Mars, and it's rising in the sign of Leo. I know I talked about that earlier this year. That's one of the significators we have found in more president's charts than any other, that their Mars was in Leo. And being in a prominent position gives her that Mars-Leo quality of being a fighter for honor and for integrity. Um, but again, Mars rising people being that warrior spirit, they have to be careful. Um, for her, it's placed in that third house of the mind, which leads to a very sharp and quick mind and often a very sharp tongue. And again, it's great if you're going to be a debater. It's great if you're going to be a lawyer uh, because that's where this energy can find a very good outlet. Uh, but again, she has to watch that she doesn't overdo that sometimes and come off as too strong or as too sort of um, full of herself or haughty in terms of what she knows or how she wields that power of her mind. Um, the, as much as Mars is the rising planet, the culminating planet in the chart is also significant, what's at the top of the chart. And for her, it is the planet Saturn, the planet that rules structure and reality and the order of things. And in that ninth house shows that she has a great ability in this lifetime to be masterful in realms of religion and philosophy and science and law. Obviously, she was and is a lawyer. Uh, and so that's often showing one's occupation is where Saturn may fall in the chart. And that certainly is there for her. Jupiter is the planet that guides us in terms of our beliefs and our truths, how, how what is meaningful to us. And Kamala has her Jupiter in the sign of Taurus and in the 12th house, which means she can draw upon a well of great spiritual confidence and understanding from deep within herself. And when Jupiter is in Taurus, it creates in, for that person a very persistent search for the truth because they have a firm belief that there are teachings and values that are eternal. Uh, and so there is often an abiding underlying optimism and faith in humanity uh, because of this sense of lasting value. Um, and so um, she, she has a very steady kind of uh, spiritual understanding of what is the truth. She would have gone through tests there with Saturn in the ninth house initially, being brought up in a certain culture and system of belief and then she had to expand beyond and above it and extend into other realms to explain what she was experiencing. So her test in life is the test of truth. But people like that, when working through mastering that, become people who are uh, helping other people understand what is true and how to understand truth because that's been their whole journey. Um, again, the Venus in a chart will show what we value, what we love, and how we love. And her Venus, very important to her since she is a Libra, is in the sign of Virgo. Um, so even though Kamala is a Libra, she wants to be a Virgo. She wants to be more uh, uh, having a more complete understanding, a more analytical approach. It can make someone some of it a perfectionist, but also someone very attentive to the need in terms of relationships and partnerships, that there has to be a right structuring to them for harmony and beauty to unfold. Um, and so um, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a strong indicator for her since it is the planet rising before her sun, and she would be someone very good at analyzing conditions as regards relationship matters and partnership matters in her life. 
Um, and then Mercury, that planet that rules the mind, actually, for her, is in the sign of Scorpio. So even though she's a Libra, she thinks like a Scorpio, which means with great insight, stripping away the veil, uncovering things that are hidden, not accepting things at face value, uh, a very, very strong mind and a mind quite capable uh, of being very focused and very determined since that's Mercury also lines up with her Saturn like the sun does. And that's a person who can really focus their mind and be, again, quite compelling and quite persuasive. Okay, well, let's just jump over for a moment now to look at Elizabeth's chart. And again, as a, as a sort of a, a warning here, there is no time of birth that's publicly known for Elizabeth Warren's chart. So I took it upon myself to do a what's called in astrology a rectification, whereby one takes a series of dates and then tries to fit the life of those dates into a chart by testing various uh, um, iterations of the chart, various times. And in so doing, I came up with what seemed like it, it hit a lot of the points, was a chart drawn for her around 12.30, 12.40, 12.45. I settled on 1240 right now, p.m., right there at the midday hour. And for that, that means Elizabeth has a chart with the sun in Cancer uh, and Libra rising. And we'll talk about what that means. But just like we did first with uh, um, uh, Kamala Harris's chart, what's the pattern for, for Elizabeth Warren? Well, she also has a very definitive pattern. Hers is called a bucket pattern, where all the planets are in one sector of the chart, sort of all there on one side, and standing all by itself and becoming a very prominent feature is one planet, which we call the handle of the bucket. And all the energy of the person's nature comes pouring through out of that indicator. And that indicator for her is the planet Jupiter in her fourth house in this case and in the sign of Aquarius. We're going to come back to that, but it really is a defining feature of her life that her life swings back and forth around that principal indicator. For Elizabeth, her, her, her elemental uh, division is more being an air-water person, so very much a thinking type with all the air in her chart, but she is, of course, fundamentally a water type being a Cancer. And her approach to life, is it cardinal, fixed, or mutable? She is truly a cardinal type, someone who is going to see problems and say, let's do something about them, let's attack that problem. She's not going to wait. She's not going to just stick, stick with something. She's going to want to address it in some way. And her major distinctive pattern for her is what's called in astrology a yod, and it actually is configured with that Jupiter. Yod is called the finger of fate, or sometimes people call it the hand of God. It indicates someone's life it's pointing them in a certain direction, and they have no idea where it's taking them until one day they arrive and realize, oh my goodness, everything I've done has led to this, and now it makes perfect sense why I went through what I went through. And so there's a shaping to the life that seems to be guided by providence in some fashion. For her, of course, the sun is in Cancer, and that is the fourth sign of the zodiac, the first sign of water. We've been talking about that extensively in the last month because that's where we are right now. And Cancer's all about security. As Libra with Kamala is all about justice and fairness, Cancer's all about are we secure? How can we make each other more secure? What's at the root of us? What anchors us 
within ourselves and then to one another. It's about family. It's about home. It's about the roots of things. But she's a really unusual cancer. Why? Next to her son is the planet Uranus, the awakener, the planet that shakes things up and shook her up. Because anybody with a Sun-Uranus conjunction is going to go through shocks in life that either will shock them and disturb them or shock them and perhaps wake them up and quicken their spirit. Uh, and so for, Kama, for Elizabeth here, I know when she was, I've, I've read several of her biographies and things now, and I know at age 12 she said she woke up because of the shock that came to her through her father when he became ill. And of course, the son is the father, and Uranus, some people often have shocks and surprises seemingly delivered through their relationship with the father. But of course, it's about their own journey and how they are going to be a person who breaks the mold, who shows innovativeness and progressive energy hopefully throughout their life. And luckily for Elizabeth, at the same time that this disruptive energy but liberating energy of Uranus touches her son, the Saturn in her chart also touches her son. Different than Kamala, but similar. It's a Saturn-Sun sextile. And that stabilizes her and anchors her in this lifetime to a great extent. And so this is one reason why the the innovating and extras and the um, disturbing energies of Uranus might find a better outlet and outcome for her than not. Certainly helping her even more than that is the very ruler of her sign, uh, which is the moon, and her moon's in the most stable place it can be in the sign of Taurus. And people with the moon in Taurus are really in touch with the physical world and real physical needs uh, and an and awareness of how important this is. And for Elizabeth, with the moon in the eighth house, she is aware of very um, sort of the underlying forces governing cycles, whether that be economic cycles, business cycle, commercial cycles. She's highly intuitive and highly aware of these things. And again, cancers in general are highly intuitive and aware of cycles. But this gives her a much deeper understanding of what's really moving the times, what's really moving an economic structure or patterning in the world. She uh, has her pulse on that or can read the pulse of the public better than most. Again, her moon in the chart makes a beautiful contact to Venus, which is the planet of, again, value, beauty, love. And when your moon and Venus line up with one another, you are someone who really very much enjoys art and beauty and very much enjoys being a woman, uh, too. And so there is a great love of these energies which Venus and the moon uh, share with one another in her chart. Um, then we look at the rising sign, and this is something determined most especially by the time of birth. Uh, I believe her rising sign could be Libra, which makes some sense because, again, it means her approach to life and the way she'd want to conduct herself in the world is, again, fostering a desire to forge relationships and be in partnerships and try to be fair. Um, she married quite early, which is often true with Libra rising, uh, and, 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 and relationship factors into her life in a very significant way. And then her midheaven, her destiny in life, would then be cancer. Um, and so in terms of what she's seeking for in life, she sees her life as being part of this mission to create security and provide security, again, to others and to the world. Um, the most significant planet in her chart here um, is that planet Jupiter standing by itself. 
Um, and with Jupiter here in Aquarius uh, and in the fourth house, she's anchored in terms of her truth through social idealism and dreams of a better tomorrow. Uh, really, a person with Jupiter in Aquarius is the great humanitarian, and they really are standing firmly in the belief of non-discrimination and inclusiveness of all peoples and culture. Um, she, she, they're, they're often seen as revolutionaries or seers, and they find they are here to help the world in some fashion and, and, and their friends and family in the world find a greater way towards true self, individual self-realization. Um, when we look at the, the Saturn test in her chart, um, the, the Saturn test is brought to her by Saturn being in Virgo and, and then in the 11th house. And people with Saturn in Virgo come into a world where there's an order and then it's lost. And they're trying to find their way back to a world that makes sense again, that is put together correctly again. And that becomes their operative mission in life to become, in a sense, a healer in whatever way one can. With Saturn being in her 11th house, that would take place most in the realm of communities and social ideals and society that she'd want to provide her organizational and reorganizational skills in service to better communities and better outcomes for people's hopes and dreams. Um, with the sun at the top of her chart and really culminating in the chart here, along with that planet Uranus, she's a star. She's going to be out there and make a name for herself and rise up in the world quite readily and people will trust her and, and invest upon her responsibilities that they've entrusted to her because they know they can. When we look at her Mars in the chart, the planet of action and desire, it's in Gemini. So she's a very curious person and, and is willing to try things and then try something else. She's not stuck to one method or one approach, you know, whatever works, but she's going to bring intelligence to bear when it comes to how she takes her takes action. Um, and then, of course, with uh, that, that, that uh, Mars in her chart is right next to the planet Mercury, the planet that rules the mind. And that gives her a very sharp mind, a very quick mind, uh, a person who is faster than most people in picking up on things. And quite beautifully, that Mercury in her chart also lines up with her Neptune. And that means she's a great storyteller. Uh, cancers have fantastic memory uh, and ability to evoke imagery and tie it together with feeling so it carries much further. And if you're going to be a storyteller, to have a beautiful Mercury-Neptune alignment is something you really want to have, and she certainly has that here. Okay, um, I think I've covered them both pretty much in the same way. So now let's take a look at what's happening in both their charts right now and what that might indicate for the near future. Um, for Kamala, her progressed moon is back in the sign of Aries, and so this is a time in her life when for the last couple of years, 2017, 18, into 19 here, she is asserting herself and driving through the force, uh, becoming a driving force for rebranding herself in terms of what she calls herself and how she presents herself. And very much focused on questions of social idealism and social change, with the moon again being back in the house it began in for her, the 11th house. Um, and right now, that sun and moon in her chart are lining up very positively. So here in the winter, spring into summer of 2019, she's hit a very sweet spot where everything seems to be flowing and lining up for her when we look at that progress chart. The moon will go into Taurus by November and will remain there until 2021. 
And so that'll be a time where now it becomes a question of values and resources and of my abilities and have I correctly ascertained what they are and tapped into them and utilizing them in my life and work at this point. When looking at her planetary transits, again this year, 2019, Saturn, the great outward timekeeper, is now begun marching uh, through her eighth house, uh, the house of unions and joint ventures, and lining up beautifully with her Venus, her ruler being at Libra. And so this is a time where she's really nailing down quite strongly her understanding of what are the more important values, my value for myself and how I value others and what values we share is something she's deeply working upon right now. Uh, and there's a sense of a calling and a mission this year uh, with Neptune, the, one of those transformational planets, going back and forth over her Venus equally. Next year, it's going to be some challenges because Saturn will then be midway between her moon and her sun all year long. And so she's struggling with emotional balance and self-assertion and trying to strike the right balance there all during 2020. It's definitely a challenging year but a very force-filled year and she will be someone to be reckoned with in this period of 2020 and with Pluto at the same time trining her uh, her Jupiter uh, this is a time certainly when she can sort of try to promote and try to push her beliefs her truths out there in a very forceful manner when looking at Elizabeth's chart Elizabeth Warren's chart um, and at the same period here her progress moon right now is marching through Sagittarius, also in an idealistic frame of mind, um, and moving through her third house of co connections and networking and things of that nature. And it's been there all of 18 and all of 19 till the spring, till March of 2020. And when the moon's in Sagittarius, it's about truth. It's about what I believe and how I know what I know and trying to extend that out into the world more meaningfully. As it goes into Capricorn, questions about responsibility and titles and roles come to the fore and things become much more grounded and stabilized for her and in fact what will happen for Elizabeth as the year goes on from March 2020 onwards the moon and sun are lining up very positively like they are in Elizabeth's chart uh, in a uh, Kamala's chart this year uh, indeed what happens for, for for Elizabeth Warren is the moon makes this trying to her son really good timing for her in that it makes its alignment to to her son uh, in a more positive way right there in November 2020. And that's when things seem to be coming together for her in a more perfect way, hitting that sweet spot that in a way Kamala is encountering this year. I don't know what that indicates in terms of who's up for election and how they're doing, but it's certainly a very nice indicator for her indeed having that happen at that time. For this year, uh, Elizabeth has Saturn going over her Venus as well, but it's more challenging. And so she's struggling with my values and my worth and, and all that and trying to articulate it more clearly. But next year, in 2020, that planet Neptune will also line up with her Venus, but in a very positive and supportive and uplifting way. And so she will feel like, in terms of the expression of values, the definition of femininity and love and beauty, she'll be holding this energy that'll be quite inspirational for many and most to behold. Moreover, that's the year as Saturn begins to make its move into Aquarius and her Jupiter is at the very first minutes of Aquarius, she will have Saturn on her Jupiter all year long. 
that's been something that's marked her life when Saturn, when that Jupiter, that principle that's at the top of her chart in terms of the yod pattern, uh, the, the pinnacle of the yod, gets activated. Often some very significant events have happened in, in Elizabeth's chart, so uh, in, her, in her life. So I would imagine there is uh, quite a significant uh, uh, year ahead for her in 2020. Okay, um, and I think... I think that's what I wanted to cover today. There's so much there's so much to consider when looking at any one individual's chart, let alone two people. Um, but both of them, to me, appear to be very, very strong candidates, uh, very, very strong women, each different and distinct in their own ways, but carrying some similar resonances in terms of significant placements in their chart. Uh, they are awesome, as it were, as, in, as individuals. They might make an unbelievable team, certainly, if that were the case going forward. Uh, okay, so I think let's turn then our attention to all of you out there. I've been talking away here, as usual, for more than half the show or so. So let me see if I can get to you, and I'll try to go in order. Let me scan down the list here and see who's been on the longest and talk to the first caller here. So here you are, and you're on with Bill. Who is this? Hello? Are you there? I'm talking to someone, but they're not there. Hello? Did you? Are you talking to me? I'm talking to you. <laughs> there you are. Yeah. <gasps> Who's this? Oh, I'm so happy. This is Sandra Jean Boyd calling. Hi, Sandra. Hi. Hello. Oh, my gosh. I am so thankful and I'm so honored. Thank you. Sure, sure. How can um, I help you? (laughs) My question is about me, and I sent you my information, but it's March 15, 1960. I've got it. I've got it. I'm looking at your chart right now because I knew that you sent it in in advance. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited. Thank you. Sure. So what can I do for you? Okay, so I did something crazy. Oh. I've been living here, um, you know, in Nevada where I live for the last uh, eight years, going on nine. But I just bought my one-way ticket for Oahu, Hawaii. Oh, wow. And um, my, best, my best friend lives there, and I bought the ticket for November 12th. It's a full moon, and I just I picked that day random and enough time to give me time to get things together, but... I'm a little nervous, but I'm so excited. But I, I, um, I just want to see what you think and what you say about my whole life okay. or well, chart or about the whole situation. Well, well, let me just see what. Yeah, let's see what's going on here. So this this trip is to to move there or to take a look at and see and explore yes. what. It's a it's a one way ticket, and I did, I did live there a couple times with my mother, and she's passed on by now. But the last time I lived there was in '82, and that was before I was pregnant with my firstborn. Now it's been over 30 years. They're all grown, and I have this chance to go back. And the only thing, not the only thing, but I want to swim in the warm ocean. Like I'm, you know, I just feel this strong desire, and I want to swim. That's like my best exercise, and I've got all this weight, and I I just thought, what, you know, what do I really want to do? What would give me the most joy? And that's what I thought of, well, and my friend's been begging me to sure, come there. Sure, well, and again, so, let, let me just weigh in there. So so you you know, of course, you're a double Pisces, moon and sun in Pisces, yes. uh, and that moon in the first house yes. along with the sun, but... 
anybody with strong water in their chart, and you are very watery, does well being near or on the water. It just 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 is a, just a given. Yeah. Um, so I would certainly encourage you, whenever you can in your life, to get to water. Obviously, living in Nevada, that's a little more problematical. <laughs> so so I think this is going to be a good experience for yeah. you. Certainly, in terms of the mm-hmm. timing of your chart. Saturn, the great outward timekeeper, is now marching through your 12th house. Everything you're doing here in 2019 and 20 really is the ending of a phase of your life that you've been in for 27 years now. And in 2021 is when you actually step into the new life you're going to live for years to come. So it's sort of like you're in transition. And this, this going to Hawaii is just sort of like a return, like you said, uh, 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 coming back and recouping and reviewing and, re- and assessing out and, and, and harvesting the meaning of the life you've lived for over 27 years. Uh, and so it's going to be a very private yeah. and spiritual and integrative journey mm-hmm. where you, I mean, the, the hardest thing yeah. to do is to write the final chapter of a, of a, of a book, but that's what you're doing before you start, a new, <laughs> before you start a new book. Um, and so it's time to sort of, contemplate, meditate, do a lot of introspection. All those things are really important now. Um, and and yeah. it'll be fine, I'm sure. I'm, I, you're, you're right on schedule for all of that. And meanwhile, your progressive uh. the inner measure of time, um, is going to be moving into right around that same period in the fall here. It goes into your third house, which is the house of... of mindfulness, thoughtfulness, intelligence, and communicating. And so you might find yourself um, being having an opportunity to rethink things and reset your mind in this through this trip and through this travel experience. Okay? <sighs> Sounds beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it looks beautiful to me. Uh, again, you, you, I mean, I'm sure you've been fine living in the desert and you, you probably have places you can get to, but being, <laughs> being near the water for someone like you is pretty much a necessity. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I don't know. I don't want to go into it too much, but just about my, my youngest son is who I regret, not regret, but I'm having the hardest time leaving. And then, um, I just, he just ended up in jail and all of a sudden I was thinking, maybe I'm supposed to stay here and maybe I should just give my ticket away. And all these things like have, that I've been like canceling my, my, my dream for like came back to me feeling like I've got to stay, but I decided I can't do that. I have to go. I have to do this for myself. Well, and, I mean, you are, and, yeah, this, and, this period you're in, the moon is in Aries. Um, you're born as a double Pisces, and Pisces is a sign of the greatest compassion, the greatest empathy, and one would normally say in <laughs> nine times out of ten, I'm going to help another, I'm going to sacrifice for another. That's the right and true motivation for any human being, as and especially for a Pisces. But it's equally true that you have to take care of yourself. And this is a time for positive self-assertion. That doesn't mean abandoning someone yeah. or not taking care of them. You make sure you've done right. what you could and have other people in place that yeah. can help. But sometimes yeah. maybe that's the best thing is to get away so they hopefully pull themselves up or other mm-hmm. people step in where you were yeah. at one point and take up that burden now. Um, but this certainly is a time for you to be moving and so this makes sense to me. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Good. I just wanted that validation, and I thank you for everything. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. And endless blessings. Okay, we'll we'll talk again. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Bye for now. Yep. And let's see. Okay, you've been holding for a while. Who's this? Hi, Bill. It's Stacy. Stacy. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Well, I guess could be better. You know, it's like Mercury, uh, Mercury retrograde, and you know, I've gone on interviews with jobs that I did applied for beforehand and never got. Right. And I went on interviews again, and still the same thing. I mean, whoever they hired didn't work out, so it's advertised again. So I know it's not me. You know. Right. I I know it's not. You know, I'm not the problem. But it's just very frustrating, and I know I'm going to um, – I've been studying Spanish online. There's a free app, Duolingo.com, uh-huh. and I've been studying, like, you know, besides I start a class soon, you know, at night, you know, so I couldn't be, – besides that, for human resource, I got have a class coming up. It's just at night for, like, a few months, but I just um, – want to know, like, when is there going to be a break that there's, you know, I'm going to be able to, Well, that things are going to flow, that I'm at least going to, you know, yeah, that the doors yeah. are going to be open because I just feel like they've been shut ever since that other job didn't last in April. And, right. Well, you know, yeah, it's just, I mean, you, it's you're, just, you're, I, I'm, I'm limited to... You know, I'm not socializing either because, you know, I can't relate to people because, you know, it might sit. Hello? Are you there? Did I lose you? You, you were in mid-sentence. Went, oh, you know, oh, there you go. There, I, so I lost I'm you for a second. So I'm kind of been like a hermit. Well, I, I, you're yeah, quite so right. Yeah, kind of like a hermit. Yeah, well, quite, quite rightly, right now, Jupiter, as you know, which came into your first house and brought you some possible expansion then went retrograde pulled back into your 12th house it says it's a time still of getting ready for the growth to start which really is tied more to when jupiter gets in that first house to stay which is not until the fall not until october that doesn't mean nothing happens till october but that's when there's a bigger green light going on right now as you say mercury's retrograde it just so happens to rule your sixth house of work so it has a more direct linkage there for you and therefore might be why it seems to be going backwards at this time but we've only got a short time it's going to go direct at the end of the month and then things will be moving forward i would probably say you've got to let it get going forward a little bit before things begin happening um but certainly on july 30 31 once it's direct hopefully you'll begin to see some forward action forward motion there uh, in terms of employment, that's all we can hope for here. But there's, it's probably just a matter of, again, the Jupiter being retrograde at this time, as well as Mercury being retrograde. And and the good thing about what happens is that the end of July, Mercury goes direct, and then about a week, ten days later, Jupiter goes direct, and that means things begin moving forward in a much bigger way for all of us. So just hang in there a little longer. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep studying and getting yourself prepared for the next job. And I'm sure it'll pay off. Okay? 
So you, yeah, so you don't, you'll think I'll eventually have a career that I'm able to, you know. Well, again, I, I think if you're, you're taking the right steps, you're not waiting for something magical. You're trying to, to train up yourself and get some other skill sets and, and keep putting, throwing your hat in the ring there. And probably greater good luck and good fortune will happen as we go through August. And I think much more is going to happen really at the end of August into September because that's when all those inner planets get to the top of your chart. Right now, they're sort of hovering in that eight. Yeah, but when you said October, huh. yeah, when you said October, another retrograde is coming. Then well, that's well, why I'm it, nervous. It, well, no, it, but it, it's it's it, but it's it. What you have before then is all these planets marching through your ninth house, marching through your tenth house, um, and and really Mercury um, is not going to be influencing you in October. It doesn't go retrograde till the end of the beginning of November. Um, so basically you're, you're, you're the very last day of, of, um, October. So you've got September and October with some really good energy there, especially Jupiter coming into your first house. So don't worry. I'm sure oh, that'll something... be wonderful because, yeah. you know, I know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's like when your mom says there's something wrong. If you can't find a job, land a job and, it's just it, it's it's just awful, you yeah, know. And it's not I, yeah. and it's not me. The employers are going through people. They're like they think it's like a disposable society. They keep hiring and firing. Yeah, I I know. I hear this a lot, and uh, people even of remarkable connections and skill sets still find themselves in a very tumultuous time. And all you can do is yeah, not take it personally. But of course, it's hard. But work on you. That's all you. The only part you can control is you. And go in with the right attitude each time, making your best case. Something's bound to click. Okay. Uh, thank thank you so much, Bill. You know it's nice talking to you, and I'm glad that you listened to me and enlightened me because you know it's like I you know it's too embarrassing to tell what, you yeah, know it's too uh, yeah. embarrassing to talk about yeah i hear you i know i know well you hang in there okay and we'll talk again all right oh thank you god bless okay i hope you're having well. a nice summer too i, I, I want to listen to the show okay thank great you. okay sure um. hello you're on with bill who's this Hello. Hello. This is Joyce. Joyce. Hi, Hello. Joyce. Hi. Hi. How are you We've doing? We've been here before. I know. I know well, your. I know your voice. Good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The unorthodox old lady. Okay. So. Anyhow, Bill. Yeah. I have a couple of uh, personal questions, hmm. and the other has to do with our uh, politics. Okay. So the personal, do you have my chart? I do, I do. Okay. At, uh, when's a good time to begin a healthy diet <clears throat> or exercise or oh. a way of life that oh. I've been neglecting? Oh, um, and okay. That, well, right that, now, right now, yeah, I mean, part. right yeah. now in your chart, your your Venus, your moon is progressing through your um, your sixth house, um, and, and it's only got three more months to go. And when the moon's, and it's been there for not quite two years, whenever the moon is marching through the sixth house, it's a time for healing and making those necessary corrections we all should make to adjust to life. Like we're changing, the world's changing, and so our patterns, our diets, our exercise patterns 
have to alter along with that. And this is a very important time for you. I would say begin immediately or as soon as you can, because this is a time when it can take. Um, and what's helping you still for the next several days um, is that Venus, the planet of value, beauty and love, um, is marching through that sixth house as well. And so it's a sort of a double message that really I would I would make it turn over a new leaf right now or or maybe let's start, start on Monday um, because that's when Venus in that sixth house will move over your Jupiter in the sixth house. So if you're going to time Got things it. with a good energy, you, you'd best go with Monday. OK. <laughs> Got it. Okay. I got it. Good. Exactly. Okay. Because I've been messing up a very beautiful help schedule trying to uh, destroy myself, which is stupid. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The other thing is an opportunity, uh, opportunity time to deepen an exi- I wrote this down. <laughs> Existing relay unorthodox relationship that I have with someone. Mm-hmm. It's very unorthodox and it's very beautiful. And I think there will be a time to deepen it. <clears throat> I don't know. Well, I think the, so. The focus, the, you're, you're, as I said, these last couple of years, your moon's been in the sixth house of healing, of adjustment and attunement. And you're, as a result, you're trying on all levels, spiritual, mental, emotional, and here the physical, like with diet or exercise, to get yourself together better so you feel more at peace with and within yourself. Starting in three months, November 2000, 2019, that moon goes into your seventh house, the house of relationship. And that's when everything turns its attention in your life to relationships and their furtherance and development and, as you say, deepening. So if there's a time when relationship becomes the first and second and third things in your life, it starts in November. Got it. Okay. Okay. Good. The other thing is um, po- actually politics. Okay. And Vedic, or however you say it, Vedic uh, astrology. Sure. They're they're looking at war with Iran. They're looking at a similarity with nine eleven. I have never been political in my life until now. Okay. And I'm a, a, a bit worried about the. Uh, do I say the planet? No, our existence. Sure. Well, so, the, yeah, yeah, there, there, yeah, there are many, there are many worries out there. Certainly, with all the the, the contending forces in the world, from environmental and injustice, inequality, and different different actors on the stage of life in various countries, um, you know, with, with their own designs in mind and self interest in mind, uh, destabilizing the planet, as you might say. But but I, I wouldn't say it's a time that parallels for the U.S or for any nation that matter, what happened at 9-11, there were very specific things lining up then that sort of would, now looking back in hindsight, we would say, ah, um, but nothing nothing to my way of thinking that, that points to that. I think most of what's happening uh, that is that is a challenging note right now is happening internal to most countries and systems as they recognize that the, the way the world has been structured for the last couple of hundred years is itself a threat to the planet and needs to be restructured. 
uh, and they're grappling with various ways to do that, navigating that, and, and, and obviously it's very difficult and very tough, but the time is running out for, for the planet as a whole. Um, and so I'm a firm believer that Mother Earth, Mother Earth's going to teach us some lessons here and get us hopefully back on the straight and narrow path um, because we've, we've messed things up royally so far. Uh, not that that was our intention. We just were acting with not full knowledge no. or, or ignorance. Um, so I'm, I'm not so concerned about um, hopefully not stumbling into some sort of error uh, of military conflict. Uh, but more environmental and natural disasters piling up, which causes then dislocations here and around the world, that certainly is the most evident danger that I could see right now. Okay, because I live in California, and the earthquakes are there, they keep predicting. Sure. But for my own life, uh, how do you feel about cryptocurrency? Oh, I don't, I don't know any, I don't know much about it. I know people who are working and developing it from here in New York, but from my own, my own understanding, I know, I couldn't tell you one way or the other what I think or believe about it. And so I'm not going to weigh in on that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because I have no other investments. I just put a few bucks in that and not heavily. Okay. Okay. Playing. Okay. Well, I guess that's about it because you've helped me many times in the past. Okay. And um, I'll go take care of somebody else. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Joyce. Good. Thank you. You're welcome. Love you. Bye. Uh, Okay. Bye bye. (laughs) Okay. Let's see who else has been holding on here for quite some time. Um, I think you are the next person. Hello. You're on with Bill. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Yes. Hi. Hi. Who's this? Um, my name is Sharon. Mm-hmm. I can give you my date of birth. Okay, that'd be great. Hold on. Let me just um, hold. Let me just yeah. get to the computer screen and enter that in. So it's Sharon. Okay. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Your date of birth is September first, nineteen sixty-five. Okay. At like eleven. 43 p.m. on the Gemini rising. <laughs> oh, okay, 11:43 p.m. And where were you born? What city? Livonia, Michigan. Livonia, M I. And hold on, and there we go. We are so thankful for computers for some things. Okay, <laughs> so so there you are. So yeah. you're, as you said, Gemini rising, Virgo, and the Sagittarius moon. What can I do for you, Sharon? Career. What do you see coming up in my career over the next couple of months? Okay. I'm having a little bit of okay. adversary with my boss. Okay. Um, well, let me just look at that sector in general and then get to the, the what's happening right yeah. now. So, um, you know, that, that house for you has your moon in it in Sagittarius and you've got Scorpio there in that eighth, sixth house. And wherever Scorpio is, you're pretty passionate about things and things get pretty intense in that zone for you. And you love to be passionate about what you're doing, but that also means passions can, can flare up with people and lead to conflicts at times, which it sounds like that's what you're encountering right now. Um, and, and not oh, that. Yeah, I like that. No, yeah and, and so that's unfortunate, but that can happen. Moreover, you know you're one of those people born 
with the Sun-Uranus conjunction too, like like uh, Elizabeth Warren. Um, but in your case, it's that planet Uranus is opposite Saturn up there in your 10th house. And that means you were born at a time in the world where, we were, where people in general were questioning authority. And so that means since you do that okay. by nature, you are someone who will challenge authorities, but you also are very disappointed when the people aren't being the authority they, they should or could be. <laughs> so you you call them so on that. Funny. Okay. Um, and so you may encounter more than other people might uh, your fair share of people who are mishandling, misusing, or abusing their authority and power in this world. Um, it's part of your journey, part of your journey, part of what you create or attract. Um, for yourself, but why it would be happening now? Let me see what's happening in your chart. Um, I shouldn't have said boss. It was more like a coworker, but she's been there a long time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she's not really a boss. Well, again, then it, could, it could be just you know conflicts over responsibilities and who who it's, does what they're are they doing? Are we each doing our responsible thing in the job or workplace? So conflict with coworkers or with that articulation of responsibilities okay. would be happening this year for you. Um, the principal, um, one of the principal aspects that's forming up in your chart is Saturn going over your Venus. And that is a time in a person's life when they're re-examining my values, what I have, what I want, and how I love myself and am loved by others. And it usually needs to, it usually leads to relationship conflicts because it's a conflict over values, over sensibilities, over tastes, over moral values or economic values that are taking place here. And indeed, your Saturn's in the eighth house, squaring your Venus in the fifth, which would mean, yes, it's a question of how we, how we work these values together in a joint undertaking, like in a business arrangement or personal relationship. Is there enough common value that can hold us together or are we more in conflict over values? Uh, and it's just it's just there for you as a conflict to make you more clear about what is my value and what do I believe more strongly in? And it's being brought to my attention through this it's this inter intersection with this other person. Yes, they're really causing this trouble, but it's for me to look at that and say, okay, what is my value here? What do I really believe here is what's being highlighted for me, okay? Does that make sense? That, it does make sense. I'm taking a big exam next week for my job. Oh. You can't really see that I'm going to pass it, but does, it look, does my job look favorable? That's, I guess that's the question. Well, again, um, your progressed moon right now, it's been there for about a year, it's got several okay. more years to go. Your progressed moon is marching through your sixth house of work, and that's a time to make adjustments okay. at work, a time for training and retraining sometimes for some people or honing one's skills in okay. various ways. Um, and so as long as you're on that path of, of trying to refine and improve and develop yourself with your skills at work, you're right on the path you're supposed to be on right now. Um, that that fits okay. in terms of whether you'll do well with this particular exam or not um, again it's kind of a dicey thing with mercury retrograde one can't avoid that sometimes um, and it doesn't mean 90 seconds oh, oh my goodness there goes my time um, I would I would I would hope that given that Jupiter's also in your sixth house there's some preserving and protecting energies right now in your space of work and that rather than being 
wholly vulnerable there. Jupiter there is sort of your ace up your sleeve, you might say, giving you protective influences. Okay. You you are a very fortunate person. You know that with Jupiter rising. And blessings have come to you because of your generosity and goodwill. And part of that return on your generosity and goodwill throughout your life should be showing itself at this time in terms of your job. So I think if you conduct yourself well there, you're going to be fine. Okay? Okay. That's okay. the answers perfectly. Okay. Thank you. You're very welcome. Okay. Well, nice to meet you, Sharon. And uh, I guess we're going to have to call yeah, it there. You have a wonderful the... day. What's that? I said you have a good day. Well, thank, thank you. Thank <laughs> you so much. And good to, good to meet you. Okay. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Well, everyone, that was wonderful, and I look forward to another show with you. Uh, I might not be around next week, but I haven't you know, really fixed on that yet. But I know definitely I'm planning on having a show for the week of the Ten third. Seconds. Uh, and then probably a couple weeks after that because I'll be away. All right? So look forward to speaking to you again soon. Bye for now.